0: Mishnah The next three Mishnah will discuss the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, which lasts two days even in Israel. Now, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, even though the Torah says that it should be observed for one day, the festival is observed for two days because the Jewish calendar follows the cycle of the moon. And the cycle of the moon is 29 and a half days, which means that a month can last even either 29 or 30 days long. Which means that the first day of the next month will be either the 30th day or the 31st day after the start of the previous month Now what would happen is that the Bet-Din would have a panel of judges, would have, would, you know, the Bet-Din would be the panel of judges and they would decide which of the two days is Rosh Chodesh So if on the first of the two days, Edim witnesses come and they give Edots before the Bet-Din, that they'd seen the new moon, the Bet-Din would declare that day to be Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so it will be on the 30th day. Okay, so that will be the first day of the next month. But if there were no Edim, then it would automatically be the 31st day. It would actually be the second day, so it will be the 31st day following the start of the previous month. That would become declared Rosh Chodesh. Now, nowadays we've got a fixed calendar. So what then would happen is that they would send out messengers to tell the people that which which day was Rosh Chodesh so that they would know when to observe the festivals of that month. Now, usually the messengers would reach communities in Eretz Yisrael in time for Yom Tov. Now, when it came to Rosh Hashanah, however, which falls on the first day of the month, then people in in Eretz Yisrael could not be informed in time. So therefore, even they did not know which of the two days was Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, they observed both of it, both, both days, both the 31st, the 30th and the 31st day following the start of the previous month as Rosh Hashanah out of doubt so with this in mind Rosh Rosh Hashanah So let's say it was Rosh Hashanah and there was the concern that the current month Elul might be extended it's going to last 30 days and Rosh Hashanah will be observed for 2 days but the reality is there was always this doubt so Rosh Hashanah was, was enacted to always be observed for 2 days so, so therefore, that's you've got to keep that in mind, just with regards to the framing. So let's say there was Rosh Hashanah, and it was going to be two days, and there was this there was this concern that it was going to be two days, as the Mishnah puts it, and one needs to travel in different direction, and each day adam A person can make two eruvin, one to the east and one to the west and say, Eruvi barishon la misrach or vishani la ma'rav. on the first day shall be to the east, and the one to the second day should be to the west, barishon la or you can say, for the first day should be to the west, or vasheni la on the second day to the east. However, if they but if this person wants to travel only on one of the days, they can put out one erov and say, Eruvi barishon vasheni kivne iri, my eruv shall be on the first day, and for the second day it shall be I shall be like the people of my town who do not make a erov, or eruvi Bashenim my eruv shall be for the second day, or varishan Kivnei iri, and for the first day I shall be like the other people of my town. So Khunsa Rabbi Huda, he holds that the two days of Rosh Hashanah are two independent periods of holiness, and therefore they can they can establish a separate residence for each one because only one day is actually Rosh Hashanah, Kunsi Rebbe Huda. The other one is not Rosh Hashanah, it's observed out of doubt, we don't know. But one of them will actually be Rosh Hashanah, so therefore, Rosh, Rabbi Huda he says that you know we're going to treat it as two separate days, so therefore you can have two Erovin However, the sages do not agree with him; they hold that the two days of Rosh Hashanah form a single continuous period of holiness. So therefore, the resident the resident for one day should be the same as the residence for the other, because essentially they do, they're holding that it's not really out of doubt, because if the edim did not come before mincha on the first day then essentially that day could not become Rosh Hashanah. So what would happen is, is that people might have started to observe Yom Tov out of doubt the night before, as in the start of the 30th day. Okay, because hey, listen, it it could be Rosh Hashanah. So therefore what would happen is that they would hear that the Edim didn't actually come. So what would happen is automatically the next day would become Rosh Hashanah, the 31st day. making the 30th day not Yom Tov. So they might hear, ah, today's not Yom Tov, ah, I can start doing Melachah. So there's a concern that if if Melachah would be permitted for the rest of the day, so it hits mincha, let's say three o'clock in the afternoon, that time. Cut off, no more edim. Okay, so then word gets out, today's not Rosh Hashanah, tomorrow's Rosh Hashanah. Ah, amazing, very good, so I can do Melachah because tomorrow's Yom Tov, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do some cooking, I'm going to do some, uh, I mean, you can cook, but like, you know, whatever Melachah I need to do for, for Yom Tov. So what would happen is that the next year people might also take, may, may, might take a bit of a lax approach. They might say, you know what, today's the 30th day, it could be Rosh Hashanah, but the know Edim have not come. So it might be tomorrow. So you know what, chances are it's already 2 o'clock, it's 12 in the afternoon, I can start doing Melachah, they're not going to come, it's not going to happen. So there was a concern that they would take a very lax attitude towards Melachah on the first day that it could be. So therefore they decreed, there was a decree now, the rabbis hold that there's a decree that both days should be Rosh Hashanah to... To, to basically preserve this sanctity in future years to make sure there's no accidental desecration so therefore the rabbis who decreed it to be two days they hold it's actually one long day not because it's out of doubt not because it could be one day it could be the other day they're saying no right now there's one long period of holiness and they should be treated as a single period Mishnah, very very interesting how that breaks down. Mishnah Chet. So this Mishnah will teach the Machloket between Rabbi Huda and the, and the Chachamim about the two sages. is not only to it's not only to Eruveit Achumin, Eruve, but also to other issues. And we're going to begin with a prohibition against separating Terumah and Ma'aser from produce on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Now, you can't eat Tevel, okay? You can't eat untithed produce of Israel. Israel. Separating Terumah and Ma'aser makes it fit to be eaten. So this resembles repairing the utensil which is forbidden on Shabbat and Yom Tov. So let's say you start Shabbat Yom Tov and you've got Tevel in front of you and you want to eat it, you can't just take Trumat Ma'aseh because that will be Tikkun, that's Mitaken, and, and that, that's prohibited. So v'ad amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Huda also said, Matne adam al kalkala rishon Basheni. A person can make a condition tonight about a basket of Tevel and Yom Tov Rishon on the first day of Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah and eat it on the second day. As in, what's, what, what's, what's going on here? They may designate it, so let's say they've got a big pile of food. They can designate a portion of the Tevel as Turumah or Ma'asa on the first day and say, if today's an ordinary day, if today's not Rosh Hashanah, the food I'm separating should become Turumah. But if today's Yom Tov, nothing's going to happen. And the next day he comes back and says, if this is an ordinary day, i.e. yesterday was Rosh Hashanah, the food I separated yesterday should become Turumah now. And if today's Yom Tov, it's already become Turumah yesterday. As in yesterday was a regular day, it's already Turumah. And after they make the statement on the second day, they can eat the rest of the food because the separation definitely took effect by then. So therefore he holds that separating Turumah in this manner is permitted on Rosh Hashanah because the food became Turumah on whatever day is was not Yom Tov. Rabbi Yehuda's next ruling involves the prohibition of eating an egg that was laid on that day on Yom Tov. So it's Yom Tov, second day of, Rosh, it's a day, of, it's a day of Rosh Hashanah, and a chicken lays an egg. There's a problem with eating an egg that's laid on Yom Tov. How does Rabbi Huda get around it? An egg that was laid on the first day of, of Rosh Hashanah can be eaten on the second day. So it's forbidden to be eaten on Yom Tov itself. So if an egg is laid on Yom Tov, you can't eat it on Yom Tov. So if the first day was Yom Tov, the egg may be eaten on the second day. Because that day is not yom tov and if the second day is yom tov the egg was not forbidden in the first place because it wasn't laid on yom tov so 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 therefore you can eat it on the second day so essentially you can eat it on the second day whatever happens okay now however Rabbi Hudas both of these rulings are based on the premise that rosh has two separate days and they're both observed only out of doubts so either one day or the other is, is yom tov but the the Chachamim. Do not agree with him. They say do not agree with him in these rulings because they hold that the two days of Rosh Hashanah are a single long period of definite holiness as in it was a rabbinic decree to make it to make it Yom Tov these two days. So therefore separating Torah and Rosh Hashanah is prohibited because both days are Yom Tov and an egg laid on the first day does not become permitted until the end of the second day because the second day is still a continuation of the first have a great day.